At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Green Zone rolling along on a Saturday afternoon here in Vegas and in Denver as well. I'm Jeff Parles. James Salinas live at Mile High with us as always here on the Green Zone. James, uh, uh, I may have to find a way to get off of my Florida State bed at halftime. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe uh, maybe try to not middle myself here. Duke with a big run at the end of the half. 52-41 at the break there at Cameron Indoor and Durham. Yeah, no defense being played on either side. You get 93 (laughs) points total in the first half. This is where, well, don't give up yet because we'll see. You know, we talked about this too. Eventually, it was going to be hard for Florida State to be able to compete for the entirety of 40 minutes considering their their, the bench for Florida State was actually the starters in this matchup with four starters being listed as out. And they've been out for, for a number of games and hence the slide that Florida State's been on recently. But now what happens with Duke as the game starts to progress, maybe with five six seven minutes left in the game maybe it's it's starting to get out of hand and we start to see the the bench get emptied for the duke blue devils and maybe now we'll have bench versus bench or maybe bench versus second bench we'll see for this game but don't catch yourself out it's college basketball jeff there's 20 minutes to go that's an eternity when you're talking about this plus you got the points on your side so it's you're you're not down yet it's not over yet long way to go it's also plenty of time for uh, for me to lose by thirty, also, James. But uh, that's another. That's a that, that's just the cynic optimism, talk. Jeff. The cynic we're, we're in me right there. Opt- <laughs> we're we're preaching optimism on this show. It's uh, it's. Thing, it's these we're talking about we're talking about 18 and 19 year old kids right it's and true it, it's so many times how many times how many times do these college basketball games come out you do all the homework you do all the breakdowns and then it comes down to some 19 year old kid to make two free throws at the end whether you're gonna win or win or lose your bet well I, james you're you're 100 right by the way james the game we talked about at the outset that we both had drake with as good of a half as they've had in a while up 12 at the break at loyola we're uh we're both of us are catching seven and a half there. So uh, again, uh, you don't you don't want to you don't want to count it too early. But we're in we're in nice shape there on uh, in Chicago for that one. Jeff, and I'm looking at the box score, and sometimes you talk about these teams that have been around for a while. These players know each other. These teams know each other. They're playing each other two, sometimes three, because they'll play each other a lot of times in the conference tournament. They're playing each other so many times over the course of the year. They build rivalries with each other, but then they also, you'd see a team like Loyola, you know what they're running now. I know they don't have old man ball from last year, which is a lot of fun to watch with Troutwig out there, but you know what they run, and you can defend that accordingly, and we're seeing that right now for the Drake Bulldogs. 
Hawks. They've they've forced 13 turnovers in the first half from the Ramblers here, and ultimately, I think that's obviously converted into a lot some some easier baskets. Again, your defense can create offense. I wasn't expecting a score to where we're at here at at 43, 74 points. That definitely hit the went over the first half total. But as far as the Drake Bulldogs are concerned, we were we were on point with that one. I think the seven and a half with teams that are so familiar with each other, the amount of seniors that are on this side for Drake, and the fact that Drake had lost three of four coming into this matchup. You know, this is a veteran team. This is a team that from uh, you know, they they want to get themselves right. This is the game to do it. It's going to be a competitive contest. Wasn't expecting for us to be up by twelve at the half. Figure this could no, come down quite. to the last minute of this game, but we'll take it. We'll take the twelve point lead. We know we still have twenty minutes to go, but I like our fact that there's not as many teenagers on this team on either team here, but in particular for for the Drake Bulldogs, considering that they have seven seniors that see minutes on the floor. Just lose the half if you if you're going to lose a half, just lose it by less than twenty. We're still good. Just lose it by less than twenty right. if you're going to lose the second half for Drake on that one. Let's move ahead though, James. There's some more marquee matchups coming up at five at five o'clock here in Vegas, so eight o'clock for our East Coast listeners. And one that uh, will will catch the eyeballs for most, Kansas, who was ranked as the fourth number one seed today in the top 16 reveal by the committee. They go on the road to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. Again, not an easy place to play at WVU Coliseum. It's been a down year for Bob Huggins and his squad. This was four and a half overnight. has been pretty consistently bet to five here with the Jayhawks laying on the road tonight with a total of 147 and look James this is uh this is always a difficult spot to play but i think in the end here James as much as that 5 taking it with west virginia feels intriguing kansas just has too much talent in this game for me yeah, the number actually was seeing where it was at four and a half. Like you said, it almost felt the smelled a little short to me. But I'm I'm not one to lay numbers on the road in conference play and and a game like this for West Virginia. As bad a season as they've had, they've lost nine out of their last ten games. They are last in the Big Twelve right now. And I think the thing for West Virginia, they just haven't been able to put forty minutes of competitive basketball on the court. They've done really well for the last five games. They've they've led at the half and. And in the game a few weeks back against Kansas, they were only down two at halftime before getting run out of the gym in the second half, giving up 52 second half points to the Jayhawks and losing by 26. But I think for Kansas here, you know, Dewan Harris has stepped in really well in place of Remy Martin. Martin really hasn't been gotten in any kind of rhythm this year coming over in the transfer portal from Arizona State. He's missed the last five games. Harris has been able to step in and play very well in Martin's absence running the show. Eight and a half points per game in those eight games. Six assists and two steals and limiting the turnover and really get the Jayhawks into their sets and getting the looks that they want to have shooting the basketball here. I think for Kansas, anytime you're going into Morgantown they know it's going to be a tough environment to go play in. I was tempted to maybe get involved with West Virginia in that first half just feeling like this has kind of been the mo for them lately they come out they give 20 minutes of good basketball but can't sustain it for 40 but at two and a half yeah i think it's a little short for me i didn't get involved with this game i think if you like kansas be patient i think you're gonna see i think you're gonna see a lot of people taking the points here james just because you're taking a lot of people like taking numbers people don't like laying numbers on the road in conference play especially 
for a matchup where Kansas, again, Kansas has won their fair share of games in Morgantown, but again, that is a very difficult spot to go on the road. So, uh, but I'm going to wait. I probably will end up with a Kansas ticket in my pocket before uh, before that game tips at the next hour. So we'll just add another one to my my uh, interminable list of games today. Uh, by the time that game uh, tips off there in Morgantown, oh, let's go to let's go to the bottom feeder bowl here real quick. That's going to start at eight o'clock, James. Uh, Oregon State, who is really, really terrible, uh, at Arizona State, who's slightly less terrible. Arizona State, again, this is kind of one, one of those of, wait a second, Arizona State is actually favored by eight points against anyone, eight and a half in some spots against the Beavers. At DraftKings, you have eight. Uh, Sun Devils laying at home with a total of 138. James, I have no play on the, this game, but if you made me bet it, I probably would actually still lay with Arizona State. That's just how bad Oregon State is. Well, Arizona State's played better as of late. Yes. Thinking about you know a couple of impressive wins over the last couple uh, of the last couple of weeks. Thinking about the last game against Oregon and swept Oregon this year, beat them by twenty four on Thursday night, and uh, a couple of weeks ago had a three overtime win against the Bruins, UCLA, to knock the Bruins out. Uh, but. You know, they, they. I think for Arizona State, they've got a road trip coming up for them. They haven't played well all season long. I looked at that number two and like, wow, how, they're really that big of a favorite. And you have a three-game road trip starting on Monday at UCLA. So back to, you know, within the last two weeks, having going on the road to go face a Bruins team that you just beat in triple overtime. That was a great game, too. But thinking about where this game lands, you just had a big win against Oregon. You're going on the road at UCLA here in a couple days. Of all times, you look at sandwich spots. This is the ultimate sandwich spot in the schedule for Arizona State. When you're playing a US, an Oregon State team, they're 0-9 on the road. They've lost 11 straight games within the conference. And it's, not, it, it's really just because of the injuries. They are so banged up right now. They have, they, they've, they've only got seven roster. They only have seven scholarships on that roster right now. Five of their top players are out indefinitely due to various injuries. So it's really the injury bug that's, that's hammered the Beavers for the majority of the season here. But could they? This be a spot where Oregon State comes and brings it. You know, they were they only trailed by two the other night in Arizona uh, before losing by 14. You know, second half got away from him. Weren't able to sustain that level of play based on just the 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 depth or the lack of depth on that roster right now. But would maybe sitting there, can you find a four, maybe even a four and a half? Would you want to get involved? Do you want to add another one to your card? Maybe playing Oregon State if this is potentially a sandwich spot for Arizona State and they come out a little flat for the first half, the first 20 minutes of this contest, Jeff? Look, I'm willing to bet on bad teams. I have plenty of bad teams in my pocket today. <laughs> but Oregon State is, I just, I don't know what I'm getting out of Arizona State. And also Oregon State actually played probably as well as they possibly can Earlier in the week, they covered pretty easily as a humongous underdog at, in Tucson against Arizona. Granted, that was a pretty good look-ahead spot for the Wildcats with Oregon looming, who they'll play later on in the day. We didn't know Oregon was going to get destroyed by Arizona State later in that night, so really was still a look-ahead spot for the Wildcats. One last one here, James. Colorado State against UNLV. The last time these teams met was in Fort Collins. UNLV won by 14. Bryce Hamilton scored 45 points in that game. I know I don't love yeah. laying points on the road in conference, but James, that is a performance that is as good as Hamilton is. That is not a repeatable performance. There is four out there on Colorado State. I'd very happily lay a, a flat four with the Rams in this game against UNLV. 
I'm with you. I haven't bet it. I think we're going to talk about this and see if I can find a better number in game here. After that loss, that really refocused the Rams, and they've won five straight after that game. And, you know, not only did they lose the UNLV, they lost that border war at Wyoming the game previously. So going to be a very motivated CSU team rolling into this into, into Vegas here in about an hour. But I don't like laying numbers on the road in conference. We'll see how this game tips off in the final hour of this program. We'll see if we can find a better number in game on the Rams because I'm with you. I think CSU wins this, football, uh, wins this basketball game. Yeah, just uh, again, uh, a quick lead for UNLV. Get that down to one, one and a half even. Be a much better spot. But I, again, I don't think that performance from last month is repeatable for Hamilton. More college basketball talk on the way. The Green Zone rolls on. This segment of the Green Zone is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and, av- and are available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and more. For your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily Find a satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. So it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head over to Zinn.com slash locate, or excuse me, Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com slash find to find your Zinn. Warning this product contains nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical it is the green zone here on vsin james salinas in denver jeff parles here in las vegas happy to be with you on a fully loaded card of college basketball today uh james uh we we really have next week is really the last full 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 one of these because conference tournaments actually start the week after next amazingly enough a little bit different with the Super Bowl being a week later. Yeah, an extra week because of the regular season, adding that 17th game for the NFL, pushing things back. And that you thinking about, that's where I really like to dig into college basketball is when we get to the conference tournament. I think right now is where I'm looking at, are there potential scheduling spots where we mentioned Villanova earlier? Is that a flat spot in the schedule considering the, the winning streak that they were on, the big win on the road at Providence, playing the worst team in the league as a 20-point favorite against Georgetown? You can find areas like that, but well, you know, once you get to the conference tournament, we're going to see a lot of upsets and really trying to identify which teams have some momentum coming into conference. We know bubble teams and and the effort just because you're on the bubble doesn't mean teams are you're going to bring effort doesn't mean that they're going to execute and win. But sometimes we're going to see a lot of those upsets within the conference tournament prior to the big dance. And there's plenty of action and plenty of opportunities to make some cash within that. So this is where I start to now start to find watch these teams, identify what kind of role 
they're on or maybe lack thereof if they're really struggling going into the tournament and maybe there's some issues going on within that locker room or on that sideline with those said team. A lot of things to try to really try to navigate through as we get through just these last couple weeks. So it is. It's interesting to feel. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like the the tournament. It doesn't feel like March should be be upon us that quickly, Jeff, to your point. But here we are. We're a week away from getting to March 1st. 10 days away from March 1st, March 1st, a week from Tuesday. Uh, again, uh, remember 28 days in February, everyone just, just remember that not a leap year yet. So, uh, uh, but no, uh, it's again, it's especially for people who were like you, James, you're, you're really, you're full into the NFL. That's that, that's your bread and butter. That's the sport you handicap the best. And especially for all of us here, of course we were Super Bowl centric last week with our great 56 hours of coverage. It's just a whole different ball game now with that week between. But we're excited. I was excited, obviously, with all the games I played today uh, to get this uh, really full-blown college basketball handicapping fully underway. And uh, the committee, the NCAA tournament committee, actually fully in the spirit today, James, because uh, earlier in the day, they revealed their top 16 seeds. And we can take a look at that right now. And James, not a surprise to see the teams on the one through the one line where Gonzaga got the number one overall seed. They will, if the tournament started today, they would have been number one in the West. No shock there. Short trek to San Francisco for them for the regional fi- the regional semis and finals if they were to get through. Auburn, who lost actually earlier today is at Florida as a four and a half point favorite, was the number two overall seed. Arizona came in at number three there in action later against Oregon. And then Kansas came in as the fourth overall one seed playing out of Philadelphia if this was the bracket as of today as the fourth one, James. Thinking about where those talking about the, the sites and especially the regional sites. So in the East with Philadelphia, is that, is that where they're going to go? Where's Villanova within all this? What would it look like if Villanova is in the East and they're going to be in there, they get through the first weekend of the, of the, of the dance. And then they're going into the sweet 16 and potentially the elite eight playing in playing in Philadelphia. Think about what an advantage that might be for a team like Villanova. What about in the South? I mean, looking at these numbers, I'm going to try to find better dog value going before we're trying to project out where they might not only be seated, but which, you know, which region would they be in? Because how advantageous would it be not only for Villanova, if they make it in the East to play in Philadelphia, that second weekend, what about Texas Tech? And this is a team I really like. I love the toughness, the physicality of this team. And I think this is a better team. I know I know offensively they have their struggles. They don't have a true, a, a really a true guard. And I think Shannon's going to have to uh, dial some things back, trying to get back into that lineup and feel like he needs to be the leader of this team. Really, the leader of this team is that head coach, Mark Davis. Uh, they really look up to him as, as a father figure, in a sense, for the Red Raiders. And I think that team, if they're in placed in the South, that region is played in San Antonio. How advantageous is that for the Red Raiders to be able to play in that region down in the south? So I think looking ahead, trying to project out not only would be on those the one, the two line, et cetera, but also what region would they be in for what kind of, you know, for a, a really a deep dance into that second into that second weekend. I think that's key to look at look further ahead than just that first weekend of where in this sense where they would be playing those first two games. So so James let's attack that actually because the way that the committee did did it today we would actually know what these sites would be hypothetically and of course there's going to be movement off of this based off the results that were happening as the committee revealed this earlier in the day 
And uh, you bring up that East region, uh, James, because Kansas was the one as the fourth overall one seed. Kentucky, who got a very impressive win today without either Ty Ty Washington or Xavier Wheeler today. Neither of them played, and they still won and covered against Alabama at Rupp Arena. And you brought up the scenario. What happens if Villanova draws the East region? Guess what, James? As the th- first number three seed, Villanova drew the East region in this. And this was an immediate question by the crew on CBS for the uh, the head of the tournament committee. Villanova's allowed as long as they only play three regular season games as the home team there at Wells Fargo Arena in Philadelphia. And guess what, James? They've already played their allotment. They're not playing another game in Philadelphia. So they, they are allowed to get the, the uh, a seed in the East region and play a de facto home game in the Sweet 16 and, and in Elite Eight. And by the way, Wisconsin was the four seed in that region, James. Yeah, and, and it's it, you know we've got so many things to look through. You were talking about we were talking about Kentucky and thinking about Oscar Shibway and and what he means to that team. What is uh, the transfer portal? We were talking about how that affected the mid major teams. I mean, what did that do for Kentucky getting Shibway to come from West Virginia? And he, I mean, he does everything for that team on both ends of the floor. The being able to the leads the team in field goal percentage and ste- you name it, block steals, rebounds, offensive boards, you name it. He does it all for them. But it's another team with a big collection of talent. But it just it, it I just feel like when you get into the tournament, regardless of even where where you're seated, the experience factor and the fact that yeah, you've been playing together for just a few months. Even if Philadelphia, regardless of where a team like Villanova plays, and maybe they ship them out somewhere else, who knows where they end up playing? A lot of things to work out over the next three plus weeks before we get to Selection Sunday. But I just feel like for me, when I look at teams and making deep runs in the dance, I want to have teams that have played these players that have played together. There's a certain level of of chemistry that they have on the floor, and they have an identity. And I think for a team like Villanova. We know what the identity of that team is. This is going to be a team that has tremendous leadership, great backcourt with Justin Moore and Colin Gillespie, and this is a team that's going to be physical with you, and it's their guards. It's They'll play inside out, but it's their guards that will back you down and take your opposing guards down onto the block, and they'll play inside out. They're tremendous passers as well. Uh, it's just teams like that that I really want to find some the the chemistry on the court, but also the the physicality that they will take advantage of teams that aren't used to playing that type of style. So those are going to teams Texas Tech, Villanova. Those are the ones I'm going to look for. I know Kentucky, Auburn gets all the publicity. Went down again today because they don't have good point guard play and they don't take good shots in the half court. Give me a team like Villanova over a team like Kentucky most any day. The uh, I will say this, just based off the 16 teams that were in the 1 through 16 here, James, teams that I think are, that I would not want to buy on in this in this tournament, I don't want to buy on Texas, who is the last four seed, who they'll fall out of that after their loss today at Texas Tech. I don't know what they are offensively. We know they're playing, they play good defense, but offensively, they're just an abject mess and have been all year. Uh, Providence, I think Providence has been lucky this year. I do like their guards, and if the matchups are right, they could make a run, but I I don't see them beating anyone who's really all that good in an NCAA tournament game. And then we mentioned at the beginning of the show, because it was a game that was ending, I think Tennessee is a really good team to fade. Even though they're really good defensively, it is a Rick Barnes coach team. We know the history there. And they are so susceptible to a bad shooting night against high-quality defense. If you have a good six seed with them, if they happen to be on the three line, 
that would be a team I'd be looking to bet against in a round of 32 based off of the 16 seeds that we saw today. When we come back, James, we have more to discuss. We'll give you some updates live on what's going on in College Hoops, and we'll also look at some more odds on teams to make the Final Four. We discuss that next on The Green Zone. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts and you can catch replays of all the shows that we did today or whenever we did them or download and listen on your schedule. So go to VEASAN.com slash podcast. You can get the Beating the Book pod with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, plus Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, the Lombardi line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Peterson and many more. They're all free and available now. vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to your pods. It is the Green Zone here on vcin. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. James Salinas alongside loaded college basketball Saturday. Uh, there is a NBA Saturday night in Cleveland tonight. James, I'm going to assume that you did not bet anything on NBA Saturday night. Is that a correct assumption? Uh, Saturday night, I have no interest in betting the All-Star game or Saturday <laughs> night three points. I, I, I kind of, tra- I mean, we know it's an exhibition, right? And, and you have great talent out there, but it's really not much of a competition. It used to be back in the day, East-West, a lot of rivalries. T- players didn't jump around from team to team as much. So you had a lot of rivalries in the All-Star game back in the day. And But it's kind of reminds me of what we saw in the Pro Bowl. I don't know which, I don't know if we'll see more contact from the, it, during the NBA All-Star game as opposed to the Pro Bowl, uh, the NFL that we saw two weeks ago, because absolutely there was no defense and no contact at all in that, in that exhibition. James, if there is less contact in the NBA All-Star game than the Pro Bowl, I will be surprised. I, the, the Pro Bowl might as well just go full-on flag football. Just go right into it. Go seven-on-seven, seven, let the linemen catch passes, be a better product. It'd also be a more interesting betting product as well if they did something like that. Uh, but uh, I don't have any plays tonight. Even though uh, CJ McCollum plus 950 here at Circa to win the three-point contest, pretty juicy. Pretty juicy, that's all I'll say for tonight. Uh, may or may not end up betting that. Probably won't, which means... Go ahead and bet C.J. McCollum if I don't end up with it tonight uh, on that. All right, James, let's uh, let's look at, look into this. And uh, good on DraftKings and good on a lot of the newer jurisdiction books for having this. These are the odds of teams. And for DraftKings, uh, they don't have the New Jersey teams up because of the, uh, the rules in New Jersey that you're not allowed to bet on New Jersey collegiate teams. So sorry, people that want to bet Seton Hall or Rutgers in this. But teams, the odds to make the Final Four – here at DraftKings, and we can we can fire them up on our screen here. And James, Gonzaga is the only one that you're laying a price on, and that kind of just shows the dominance that the Zags have. And also, too, James, the way, the expectation that the West region will be one of the weaker regions, if not the weakest, in the NCAA tournament. They're minus 105. Arizona's the second shortest shot at 2-1. to one. Purdue plus 220 along with Kentucky and Auburn. Duke at plus 240 on your left side of your screen. And then everyone on the right side, 3-1 to one or north of that. James, is there anything that stands out to you on this initial sheet of odds with the top 
12, or excuse me, top, yeah, top 12 uh, shortest odds on the board. Yeah, I think the odds are too short if we're looking at that first column there. Anything that's it just sitting at 220 like Auburn. I think be more so as opposed to me circling which teams I'd be interested in. It'd be more so crossing out teams I don't have any interest in. I could take a, take a team like Auburn, for instance, and uh, just their execution. We've seen it the last couple games. This is a team that you get into tight games, and I just don't like their so- shot selection when it comes to playing in the half court. I, th- I think... You know, I think Jabari Smith, he's an incredible talent, and he's going to continue. Maybe that's where, for the big dance, Smith is going to be able to put himself out there and raise the level of when it comes to the NBA draft next year because he has the talent on both ends of the floor. I love his competitiveness and love his he, – he's not a physical – he's not – physical in stature, but he is a very, very athletic player, but a very competitive, tough-minded player, both defensively and then offensively, but he doesn't always get the basketball. You saw the end of that game today against Florida, that Florida tried to give the game back to Auburn, yeah. turning the ball over <laughs> left and right to them, but where where was Smith within the last set? They had plenty of time. They have an opportunity to win that game, and you're going to go with Wendell Green doing what he loves to do, dribble the basketball around, and whether it's to, to, to pull up from 30 to take a game-winning shot or leave his feet with nowhere to go with the basketball and make a bad pass to end the game with a turnover. Just don't trust a team like Auburn and Bruce Pearl in the half court. And we see that a lot, especially in the second half when you get into tournament games. You have to be able to execute in the half court. And that's where I think Auburn is going to continue to struggle unless Pearl says, look, we got to give the ball. Everybody clear out. Let's give it to Smith because Smith is the best player and potentially the best player in any given matchup, the best player on the court. The uh, team that I, I, I'll, I'll do the same cross uh, cross off the list uh, way here, James, because we'll have uh, teams that we would actually consider that we think are going to make the final four at this moment later on. I'm crossing Duke off because even though they, to me are a top five talent team, they, Coach Coach K is just sitting on the sidelines at this point. He's not really doing any coaching, and we have seen them. And yes, they have upped their competi- up their game against good teams in rivalry games. We saw it against North Carolina. We saw it earlier in the year against Gonzaga and Kentucky in neutral site games where they pulled upsets. You know, in those two, they were big ups, eight point uh, underdogs in the Gonzaga game here in Vegas. But I, I just don't like them to get through uh, four games in order to make a final four, especially if there has to actually be some coaching going on in those games. So I I would cross Duke off. That would be that left column team that I would not bother with uh, right now. Plus two forty. The one I like the most on this sheet is just for the numbers. Baylor at three to one. Uh, They're going to get LJ Cryer back at some point. They are very deep, even without him. Once they get him back, they have three guards that can really uh, be electric. Uh, the Tomlatacho injury is a problem, but they have enough depth up front to make up for it. Baylor would be the bet on this screen here, James, that I would look at a three to one. Barely, I think just thinking about the the run that they made and the talent that was lost and the leadership that was lost, especially in the backcourt from last year's team to going into this year. I just think that's really hard to replace. They can do and make make it through the regular season, but when you get into those tough, those high-level competitive games, that's where the backcourt really shined last year for the Baylor Bears. I just think that's a lot of experience and, and confidence that is no longer on that team to be able to make the same kind of run to get back to the Final Four. But a team like UCLA, that's a team that was there and a magical run that we saw out of them last year. But, you know, 
that's a team that's not very, you know, it's not a big team. They, they're not very super athletic, but man, they will be very physical in the half court. And then that's Mick Cronin. You know, Cronin, that's going to be the culture. You are going to defend or you're going to be on the sideline and, and, and you're going to be physical when you defend. So it's not just staying in front of the ball and not getting beat off the dribble. You're going to bump cutters hard. You're going to bang into screeners. Like you are going to be physical in those matchups. We saw that a couple weeks ago when they played Arizona in Pauly and they were very physical with Arizona. I don't think Arizona had been checked like that off the ball and how physical they were bumping cutters because Arizona loves their, they do a great job of, of off ball movement and they were banging them each and every time in the half court set. So a team like UCLA, they can, they, they, they're going to be tough minded on the defensive end. They can pull from last year. It's basically the same team from last year into this year. And then when they need a basket, it's Juzang's the man. We saw it last year in the tournament. Things break down in the half court set. It gets late in games. You need somebody that can just step up and clear out and make a play, and they have that in Johnny Juzang. James, let's look at the second uh, sheet of, uh, of odds here for teams, and I think it'll be unanimous between the two of us on the one that we like the most here, James. Uh, I don't think these odds will be there uh, in the morning when they repost, but if you can get Texas Tech at, honestly, James, plus 450 or north of that still, that's the team based especially of what we've seen over the last uh, last few weeks, beating Baylor twice and then beating Texas twice, including that excellent performance this afternoon. Would love to see Texas Tech in there, especially if they're in that South region, which would be played that region, that final region, those final two week or those final two games, those six Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight would be played in San Antonio. Definitely advantage for the Red Raiders if they play in Texas. But thinking about that, the defensive side of the basketball first for Texas Tech, it's it's not a big team, right? They don't step out there. They don't have any towers. I don't think they have anybody over six foot eight, but man, they sure play like it because they are so physical on the interior. Think about, uh, you think about Bryson Williams coming over transfer. He's played sensational on both sides of the floor. Uh, And, and then Santos Silva, I think he's such the, he's the glue to that team. And I, I know their 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 guards their guards are big arms McCullough Shannon they're big guys six five six six in the backcourt but me to me Santos Silva is the glue to that team he does it all he'll he'll he can he can guard anybody even the ones he can guard one through five he can stay in front of the basketball he's just such a tough minded player on both ends of the floor I love the mental toughness of this team uh, this is a team that's going to be very dangerous because they're going to make you fight for forty minutes do you actually want to get out there and fight with a team like this for forty minutes are are their opponents built for that i suspect not i really like texas tech plus that number at six those uh those big long odds ones we're gonna look at that next because there's there's actually maybe even two teams that i would even consider at the big numbers that we just saw on our screen but james and on james and i agree 100 percent a texas tech team as, as long as they're making shots they are more than capable of making it back to the final four more of this discussion next on the green zone here on visa has a new great offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the college basketball championship on April 4th. 
for just $29. So sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, plus bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns in every game. This deal only happens once a year, so do not miss out. Visit vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. It is the Green Zone here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in Vegas. James Salinas with us at Mile High in Denver. James, uh, the 8 o'clock Eastern games starting uh, about 15 minutes away. Uh, I was wrong. Kansas is back to five across the board. Uh, so maybe you see a little flurry late on West Virginia money at five. Uh, but that's probably going to close there on that one. Uh, Kansas and West Virginia, probably your best game at eight. Eastern time today, the better games really coming about earlier in the day. And also, my I guess my negativity probably was right. Uh, Florida State's down 20 now. Ran out of gas, Salinas. Yeah, this, the depth of playmakers out there. Early in the game, we saw that. They were able to get to the rim, get any shot that they wanted to. Duke just kind of playing uh, the playing pickup ball, right? Get five guys out there and run because that's kind of what it looked like for Florida State just based on the injuries to that roster. But hard to hard to be able to compete at in Cameron against the depth of talent that Duke has for a full 40 minutes. They did it for, what, about 35 minutes, Jeff, where it was right there? I would and say, then about, the last I would five say minutes, about 30, 32 and a half was when it really yeah. started to go sideways for – the bench of the bench. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there down the stretch. But our, our Drake bet's still looking good, James. Still, still in very good shape in Chicago. There, uh, Drake, seven and a half point closing dogs, looking to get what would be a ginormous win for them, and also would probably hurt Loyola a little bit in at large, in, in, for an at large bid in the Missouri Valley as well. Drake up nine with five and a half minutes to go as a seven and a half point dog in Chicago against Loyola. James, I want, to, I want to continue the discussion that we were having before on uh, their odds of DraftKings and other books, but we're going on DraftKings odds here of teams to make the final four. And look, you have to be a little bit careful with these bets because you sometimes, most of the time, you can get better prices rolling them over game to game than you can pre-tournament. Uh, but but James, on this last board here, longer shots. Xavier at 16-1, that's going to be longer when they repost. Arkansas UNC, UConn, Indiana, Wake Forest at 18 to 1. The rest are north of 20 to 1. I have one that actually we'll discuss in a little bit as well. Is there any any of these teams that you think are capable of making a run that you may look to say, you know what? I kind of like their draw when the when the tournament comes out. Maybe I'll do a bet like this or just do a rollover parlay uh with, with these and maybe even stop after two games and say, you know what, I don't like their third round matchup. I'm good. Well, thinking about Arkansas, and I don't know if the rollover parlay would apply because I think they're going to get a pretty good seed. I think that 18-1 to number that we're looking at now probably going to not be there once these repost again uh, with the win that they had today against Tennessee. And, uh, you know, it's a a very well-coached team. Musselman is going to have his kids ready to play each and every game. They still have a tough, really tough schedule to close out SEC play. Looking at their schedule here, they travel to Florida on Tuesday, and over the course of the next two weeks, they're playing at Florida, home to Kentucky and LSU, and then at 
Tennessee. So a rematch there to close out the regular season. So maybe that number does come back. So if that number is probably won't be there at 18 to one, that's a tough schedule to have to finish out SEC play. So maybe you wait right now, Jeff, if, if you're thinking about Arkansas, I just, I, I like the toughness of this team and, and it's a team that, you know, they can play inside out. They're very physical on defense and they're very athletic so they can create shots when necessary and get to the rim. You know, you got to have, sometimes you just got to have somebody that can break guys down and be able to get it, get a basket when your sets in the half court break down. Uh, but I kind of like Arkansas talking about the number. It's more so the number, right? At 18 to one. That seems that's a pretty good long shot. I just don't think it'll be there when they repost, but I think in two weeks, that's a tough schedule to finish out SEC play. Maybe you get back to 18 and one, or maybe if they go two and two in that uh, within those uh, four games, maybe you might even get a better number. No, you're, you're hundred percent right there, James. And it just, Again, it's tough to bet these now without knowing the draw because yeah. you could get a number you really like, and then all of a sudden, oh, congratulations, Arkansas. You actually overachieved in the regular season. You got a four seed. Oh, your reward is you get Gonzaga in the in in the yeah. Sweet 16. Like, it's just one of those where it's just really tough to make these sort of bets without knowing the draw, especially if we're one of these where you may end up getting a better number than what it would close at. Uh, in the regular season, but you end up with a horrible draw that you really don't want to actually have that team in pocket. Uh, Let's build the final four as of right now, James, and uh, I'll let you go first here. If you're building a final four as of today, what are you building here? Well, I want to build with teams that that have some identity about them. We've talked plenty about Texas Tech. I think we know what their identity is. They're going to be physical with you on both sides of the floor. Yeah, they don't have great guard play. They're not a team that shoots very well, but I think they're a better offensive team this year without Mac McClellan. You remember Mac McClellan, some sensational highlight <laughs> real plays that he would make last year, but also just swallowed the basketball and the team really became stagnant because they'd watch McClung dribble around until the shot clock was running down and see him kick his feet out and take some 25-footer fading away from the basket, but a team like Texas Tech, I like teams that that can defend on the interior, and then how do they defend ball screens? They're really pretty similar. Not a big team, but a team that that can switch out on ball screens. It's hard to, to double the ball and hedge really hard each and every time, and I don't want to see teams that are constantly playing like some drop coverage and going underneath screens, but a team that can switch out, and they're kind of interchangeable. You think about the backcourt for Texas Tech, it's almost the same size as the front court and the front court plays much bigger than what they're, what, you know, as far as the, the size of stature that is there because of their physicality and the fact that they play tremendous help side. So I want to find teams and look for teams that have that toughness of execution and know what their identity is on both sides of the floor. Texas Tech is one of those. I think another team like Villanova with some guard leadership, coaching leadership for sure, but the guard leadership because we know a lot of times you get in that the last 10 minutes of the game, five minutes of the game, last two minutes, you got to execute in the half court offensively it comes down to guard play and I don't know if we're going to see a better uh, more experienced guard tandem there with than a team like Villanova with Gillespie and Moore yeah I look Villanova to me I think part of part of the thing with Villanova is I think that they're a little bit better than they have shown or excuse me a little bit worse than they've shown because of how good of a coach Jay Wright is and that is nothing that is nothing to to discount when you have an elite coach Maybe when your roster isn't quite as good, you can win an extra few games in the tournament and make a run to a Final Four. Uh, Here's what I have, James, and I'm going off of the 16 that the committee 
put out today and, and seeing if I can build from there. And, and I was able to build from there. I have Gonzaga coming out of the West. I'm not saying lay 105 right now with, with that, but I have Gonzaga coming out of that West with those four teams that they placed with Gonzaga, including them. Texas Tech, I if you asked me a week ago, 10 days ago, I'd say Auburn still would have been my bet out of that Midwest. But Auburn Matt, does not match up great with Texas Tech, and the physicality of Texas Tech I think will give Auburn a lot of problems. Kentucky, I've said it on this network a few times, when they are healthy and Ty Ty Washington is there and fully ready to go, Kentucky is the best team in the country, probably number two, but they have an argument to be number one. So I like Kentucky out of that East and then Baylor out of the South. I just think if you get them heads up with Arizona, as much as I like the Wildcats, they would beat Arizona just uh, even with losing the three guards from last year's big run. There's still enough experience back that I like them a whole lot to get out of there if that was the bracket. And then the one, James, the, the long shot, I like the UConn Huskies at 18-1. to 1. They are very talented. I like Danny Hurley as a coach. The one problem, though, James, and you mentioned this before, uh, and I'll, I'll phrase it a little bit differently, there is a little bit of an idiot factor with that team. They do a lot of things <laughs> that you just shake your head at and like, wait a second, what, what was that? What was that? We saw that at the end of the game with Auburn today, obviously, with that weird last possession. But UConn has a lot of talent, and we have seen that program go on miracle runs before. Hello, Kemba Walker. Hello, Shabazz Napier. I'm not saying that team is capable of doing a run like that, but with the right draw, they could get hot, win four games, and get to New Orleans. 18-1 to is a big price. Again, that could be null and void with the wrong draw, as we talked about before. But that those are the four plus one. For me there, James. Well, and thinking about UConn, they have the size and the strength on the interior and the rim protectors. I just don't like them in the ha- in the half court with the guard play. You talk about the scratching your head of what they do sometimes half court offensively. It's to me, it's the guard play that really struggles, and that's what plays out late in games, whether it's regular season, but definitely in the tournament. So, yeah, that, there's a reason why it's eighteen to one. But I yeah. like the size on the interior for UConn. Yeah, look. Uh, you're exactly right. There's a reason that price is as high as it is as of right now. Hour number three, we have more games to preview in college hoops next on the Green Zone.